0: Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. Normally, we will take an entire month to cover one particular subject. We're going to do something a little different this time. We're going to go one week long, and we're going to talk about one psalm, and that would be Psalm 12. This psalm was brought to my attention again and again by the Holy Spirit back in the 90s. And uh, and, and in the most unusual way, I would be reading, praying, studying, and I would hear in my own spirit Psalm 12, Psalm 12. Well, I read it and there wasn't anything about it that made sense to me about anything I was facing or even about conditions in the world at that time. And so I didn't quite understand why the Holy Spirit was giving me Psalm 12. But it was something that I did remember. And I kept thinking over and over, wonder why he continues to point me to Psalm 12. Well, in recent times, it has happened again. And in recent times, I've done quite a bit of study. And what I can tell you is I believe that there has been a big change in our world since the 1990s. And although there have been evil people all the way through, we have seen some amazing changes in the last few years. Psalm 12, New King James Version, I'm going to begin reading with verse 1. "'Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly, every one with his neighbor.'" And that they would not be the faithful men, but, but the sons of men who no longer are under the influence of the faithful.'" They speak idly, everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things, who have said, With our tongue we will prevail, our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Now for the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them forever from this generation. The wicked prowl on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. And uh, that is what I believe an accurate description of the day that we live in now here in 2022. Uh, <clears throat> what we see is in this psalm, there has been a wholesale rejection of godly principle, and it's especially among leaders. Uh, the scripture begins with saying that the godly man ceases, and I believe it can refer to a number of things. It means that the godly person who was in power, who wielded influence, is no longer in that position of authority. Perhaps that person or a whole generation of people passed away, a generation of leaders. And uh, so there are a number of things that that word cease can refer to. It doesn't necessarily mean physical death. It just means that the influence of a group of people, godly people, is no longer as strong as it once was. Listen to Judges chapter 2, verse 7, New King James Version. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, And all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Now, the idea is here that the people served God because they had strong and very influential leaders. And when you take the leaders away, the people quit serving and following the Lord. And we see that today, that people are largely followers. Most people are followers, and they are very heavily influenced by strong personalities and people who have the ability to to communicate good things, or in some cases bad things, and so people are prone to follow leaders. They have an outsized influence. The Apostle Paul points this out in his farewell speech, To some of the churches that he was seeing for the last time. And here it is in Acts chapter 20, and he said in verse 28, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. He's talking to leaders, and he himself, of course, is a leader. To the shepherd of the church, or to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his blood. In other words, you take heed to that. That's what your responsibility is. Then he said this, For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Paul understood how much influence he wielded, and he knew that there were certain wicked people that would not have the boldness nor courage to come into the churches as long as he was around or held influence there. He said, "'Also from among yourselves will men rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears.'" So very clearly, he says that leaders have amazing influence. And so when the influence of strong leadership goes away, we see then the rising up automatically of wicked people. You know, I deal with uh, a pretty good-sized lawn, and uh, some years ago, uh, for the first time ever, I purposed that we were gonna get the weeds out of our lawn. And so I began to have a grass service come along, and they sprayed several times a year to kill the weeds. and uh, But one of the things they taught me was that the best way to keep the weeds out of your yard is to strengthen your grass. And so by the grass being stronger, it actually chokes out the weeds. And so you can't have great lawn without great grass. The grass is what inhibits the growth of the weeds. And so the same thing happens in the world, that the wicked people are able to thrive and prosper only because good people step aside are no longer operating places of influence or have become silent and do not say what they could and should say. And we're living in a time when these things that are described in Joshua and in Acts are now happening because in the last generation there has been a changing of the guard, and without those strong leaders, uh, then wickedness prevails. Now Mary, the Queen of Scots in Scotland, who was a Catholic and was at war with the Protestants in her realm, and one of the most prominent Protestants in her reign was uh, John Knox, who was an ardent Presbyterian and a a man on fire for God. He prayed for revival. And he was so strong in his prayers and so strong in his conviction that he had won the respect of Mary, Queen of Scots to some extent. And this is what she said about him. She said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the marshaled armies of Europe. So she is saying that this man has amazing influence and when he begins to pray it it troubles me. She even had confidence in his prayers. That shows that he had an outsized influence. Now, whenever that outsized influence goes away, values begin to shift and change in the populace. They don't happen overnight. It seems to happen over the span of about two decades. We can see it in the history, recent history, of our own country. How different things were at the end of World War II, say about 1945, versus what they were just 20 years later in 1965. Things changed dramatically. Now, to be sure, there were some good things that changed in those days. Very good things happened. But there were also some terrible and dreadful things that were introduced into our culture during that time frame. And it took about 20 years for those things to begin to take root. Now, the biggest danger then in any kind of change is this. It happens when there is the abandonment of principle, when there is the denial of absolute truth, and when there is a repudiation of healthy social norms. And we have seen that, especially in the last 20 to 25 years, right here in our own country. The abandonment of principle. In other words, many people do what they do. Business owners do what they do, not because of principle, but for profit. Profit is first and foremost in the minds of many people. So we see the abandonment of principle. We see the denial of absolute truth. And relativism is now uh, king in our society. Whatever people think is right, they get to define, define their own truth. And then we see a total repudiation of healthy social norms. And it's ridiculous to see some of the things that have sprung up in our culture in the last few years. And so the conditions of Psalm 12 are very much present in our culture. What happens next? What does Psalm 12 tell us about our future? Well, there's a lot in this passage, and we'll pick up here tomorrow and talk more about it in detail. See you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com.